Robin Smith Games Thing. Episode 2 Entertainment The role of games as entertainment, how people play games, and games when compared to other mediums. Are games entertainment? I know what the response will be for most people. Of course they are, you blithering idiot! What are you going on about? And yes, I admit the question is somewhat flawed. But take a moment to think about it. Just because you find something entertaining doesn't mean that it can be entirely classed as entertainment. At least not in a marketable sense. Just because Nian Cat is very popular doesn't mean it's strictly entertainment. Although, to be honest, that actually became really highly marketed. I digress. I suppose the real question is, is this really a medium of mass entertainment? And does it really compare to all forms that came before? Video games have inherent flaws. Not each individual game, but as a medium on the whole. It makes them hard to be taken seriously, especially as entertainment. Some, some I'll look at later, but the most striking one is no one seems to know quite how to market them, especially to the masses. Look back at almost all marketing campaigns for video games over the last five years. No matter how catchy or clever they are, they almost always target an audience to a point. Many times a fine point. Which is fine for the extreme short term, but excludes a much greater cross-section of the gaming and non-gaming populace over the long term. Some games seem to be mismarketed entirely secluding the game from the market best suited for them and selling it in entirely the inappropriate way. Naming no names, but uh, battle nuns, anyone? I am Donna Nicholson, and I am the podcast host and community manager for PlayerAffinity.com, and I also work for Ubisoft as a forum manager. Unfortunately, and, and this could very well be my age demographic, because I'm a bit older than most gamers, uh, at least more, most female gamers, and I still see a lot of... Um, women at least my age look at games as interestingly enough not as misogynistic um, but as 
something for kids, something that shouldn't be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I do have a lot of male friends, obviously, my age, because I'm a gamer, and that's more men tend to game at, at, in my age range. And their wives are often complaining that they play video games and that it's there's something for kids and, and that they're a waste of time. So, you know, sadly, what I see from people who aren't gamers is still negative um, and, and that it, they're something like toys for kids, um, which I do think is unfortunate. And as far as the gaming industry presenting itself... Um, I think that in some ways it's improved. Uh, again, coming from a female's perspective, I'd say that with the, the latest changes to the Lara Croft character, that uh, perhaps uh, at least female characters might be taking taken a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, really and truly, I don't have a real problem when women are scantily dressed in video <laughs> games. I mean, sex sells. I, you know, the men are generally, um, you know, bare chested and muscular as well. So I, I don't really have a problem <laughs> with that. But I do appreciate that there have been some changes. Um, you know the the characters in Uncharted, both Nathan Drake and and the the women, um, are not uh, overdone. You know they're mm-hmm. they're they're depicted as normal human beings, not these you know extremely large breasted you know women in these ridiculous outfits. And same with Nathan Drake, um, they're he's depicted a little bit less you know overdone like the Gears of War characters might be. <laughs> but um, I think that because there still is some of that out there, especially with female characters where they're very sexualized, I think that um, when, when games are advertised that way, that it still probably puts out a bad view of games and they're not doing themselves any favors. Absolutely. I, and now that they've been seen as an art form, you know, here in the States, I think that that can only help. Um, you know, we're protected now. They're protected now here constitutionally, and I think that is a good a good step and a good sign. But, yes, I do think so. And, you know, really, um, games are a bit more expensive than movies, but movies are pretty expensive, and that's, you know, two hours of entertainment where a game can provide you a heck of a lot more than that. So, so yeah, you know, I, I do think so, absolutely. Well, besides making amazing friends and, you know, a group of other people who I find relatable, who, you know, understand my love and passion for games, um, I mean, I can go, do you want me to, I mean, I can be, like, really shallow (laughs) and say that, um, like, one of my favorite moments of all time was when I was in the aforementioned um, addiction phase of Unreal Tournament 2K4, the clan I belonged to... um, we had a couple of guys in in the clan that were seeking out um, sponsors and stuff to become professional players. They were very, very good players. And um, there was a game in particular, which I think I still might have the screen capture of here somewhere, where I completely kicked both of their butts like royally in the game. And I thought that was 
the day that I, you know, came into my own as a gamer, <laughs> I like completely like wiped the floor with these, you know, professional uh, level players. It was really great. <laughs> Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think that there's some thought-provoking games out there. Um, and to me, that's the kind of value you see in games and even books and so forth. I mean, there's also, you know, pop cultural value like, you know, the cake is a lie. And, <laughs> you know, people know that term. I Probably not outside of gaming, but a lot of people know that term. And, and all your base belong to us and things like that. But... Um, on a on a more deep level, I would say that yes. I mean, I think I look at games like Limbo that were simple 2D scrollers, but yet I found it very thought provoking. I absolutely adored that game, and I think that if people can, um, you know, when people have games like that, that can really make them start thinking about some deeper issues that it can affect things culturally. Absolutely. why games will never be taken seriously. Reason number one. There is an inherent problem with games. They are called games. Video games. There's only two types of games, or use of the word game. Game is in competitive thing that people do together sports or game as in playing a game out on the grass or board game or something for kids you know not serious not in depth not deep just a bit of fun doesn't matter how often we will find in the corner of video games as a creative artistic and entertaining medium they will never be taken totally seriously as long as they are called video games Video games, computer games and gaming has been around for 30 years as a pastime in some form or another. Yes, games existed to some extent before that, but I'm talking on a marketable product form. In people's homes form. Talked with other people while having a drink together form. Sure, that drink may be a glass of Vimto for some of us, but still. As I'm sure you're painfully aware, TV and traditional media have a hard time knowing what to do with video games. TV and film have been around over a hundred years now and have developed quite a history. They have become not just part of our lives, but part of culture itself. Film especially is a medium that can be talked over with praise, moulded upon its artistic merit with little to no trouble. Bringing up at a dinner party, not that I've ever been to one, the latest film or work of world cinema, and it can keep people talking for ages. It's seen as perfectly acceptable. Yet to mention that you play or like video games, or even work in an area that is involved in video games, and you'll get, more often than not, a negative response even now. It's the same for comics. Seen as the activity of the socially maladjusted and sexually inexperienced, more people have watched the Spider-Man movies than ever looked at a comic book. Comics 
cleverly found a way around this, collecting groups of issues by story arc in one larger edition and calling it a graphic novel, allowed even the most snooty of critics to at least give the medium a moment's chance. Unfortunately, video games cannot seem to turn the same trick, and are tired being just that. Games. The word in itself has nothing but childish connotations. Game equals play, play equals child, child equals toy. Video games are a medium that brings together artists, animators, musicians, writers and programmers to create a diverse and enthralling entertainment format that on occasion can rival the best any book, film or play can offer. Video games have the potential to be the entertainment medium and artistic experience of the future. Yet still, after over 30 years, they're seen as childish toys. Maybe we should change the name or something. Digital entertainments? Or manipulative arts? Maybe something abstract like button hyper-stimuli. Well, hello, my name is Sam Turner and I'm a regular contributor and producer for the website inretrospectpodcast.com. As well as hosting my own monthly show, I also feature and edit and produce our monthly show Free Play. And um, I also from time to time dabble in video games criticism for a number of internet outlets. They games are certainly sold as entertainment and I think that they are entertainment. And but just like but just like film and music, there are products that are produced to gain one sort of reaction and there are products that are produced to gain another. And that's the that's the beauty of entertainment. Sometimes we watch something to to laugh sometimes we play something to scare us or sometimes we listen to something that makes us emotional that that could make us cry and entertainment does all those things and the brilliant thing about entertainment is that we can pick and choose what we want to experience and when we want to do it and if that's the definition I'm giving to entertainment, then, of course, games are a form of it. Um, the best moments are certainly moments that I never expected to see. It's... Um, these are things I should know off the top of my head, but... Um, <clears throat> um, they are moments like with friends especially which I spent most of my years at uni playing Mario Kart and Double Dash and um, as if we're still talking about entertainment then as a, as a form of entertainment there's nothing more fun than a race between four people going down to the last lap and no one knowing who's going to come in first or knowing that you're in first and then suddenly you finish last at the back of the pack moments like that in a social atmosphere are just absolutely thrilling and it's strange and I know that someone's brought this up up um, before about 
arguing whether games can tell a proper narrative or not, that I do remember those moments in a social situation as being more exciting and that make me more happy and want to play games more than maybe a, a, a an absolutely thrilling narrative in a game. Um, that's not to say I haven't had those moments, but I certainly revere those those social situations, those close races, those tense bits in 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 FIFA or or playing through the Portal 2 co-op with someone else as being the most thrilling. Um, but on my own, there I you know I'll always remember you know playing through Half-Life 2 for the first time and understanding how story can be told through a mute character and how a game didn't have to force a character on you you could decide this who this character is yourself and with everyone else filling in the blanks of who this character is and it, and it you know it plays out more like a book or a performance than it does a computer game and um, you know that moment when Alex Vance touches the glass as Gordon goes down the lift in Half-Life 2 that's just an incredible moment of, of, of storytelling and 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 sort of character telling I guess um, because you, you know nothing of how Gordon feels you know nothing about who he is or um, only from promo shots in in on the front of the box you know what he looks like and you know that's just an incredible moment and that's just as important as winning a game of Mario Kart in my opinion they they both show very different sides of gaming and show how successful it can be you know as entertainment and as a credible form of art as well um video there are certain video games that I believe can be considered as the same as art and it all kind of depends what you define as art and that is um, very very different to very very different people the the appreciation of theatre the appreciation of certain films um, I know certain people who um, probably have an aversion to watching foreign cinema because they don't want to read a film um, I know people who only like certain types of theatre and that is just your appreciation of 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 what you like now when it comes to me and what i think of as good art and good film and good theater is something that 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 gets you talking something that questions something about your life and at least once you've experienced it or why you're experiencing it um you ask yourself something about your life or you are willing to open yourself up to something that you've never heard of before or a, a greater understanding. There have been numerous times that's happened with theatre, probably every single time, pardon me, probably every single time that I've been lucky enough to go, I've always, that's always brought something out of me, theatre. Um, film, especially sort of film art and um and sort of um, ways like that. Probably not more to a, to a to a certain extent, but that's just probably my preference and how I like to take in my 
media and my art and in games certainly there's been a lot of occasions that I've sort of sat down after playing an experience and just had to ask myself you know questions of, of who I am and you know questions of morality and ethics um, uh, a game like El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron um, a game based on a set of religious texts and um you know, after playing that, I sort of just had to question my perception of video games just as art, and the questions of morality with with um, morality of religion, the black and white of of religion, and um, but then also those questions about translation and questions about uh, you know how do you take something religious and put it into a video game and still get their message across and. If a video game is doing that to me, and 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 a console is allowing me to have that experience, then there's no reason at all that it cannot be considered just as valid as an actor on the stage or as you know a piece of a piece of film. Reason number two why video games will never be accepted or taken seriously. The barrier to entry. Essentially, there is one massive problem with video games. They are exclusive. Oh, believe me, when I say I wish I had not said that. It would be much simpler for me to say something about how they have nice colours and move and stuff and people like moving colours and shapes, you know, on the whole. Just don't send too much hate mail. Anyway, as I was saying, games are inherently exclusive. They don't mean to be, of course, and in this day of an age of high-speed internets and wireless controllers, it's easy to see why most people in gaming scene would see otherwise. They would be wrong, though. Take the film industry and films as a whole for a means to entertain people. Yes, they can be diverse, or individually something that some might not like. Just because I like Alien doesn't mean my mum did. But as a whole medium, they are the most open and exclusive entertainment there is. You require no skill, educating, or talent to partake in them. They do not punish you by getting more uncomfortable along the way. Not normally, anyway. I'm sure anybody who's watched a Serbian film might have something else to say about that. They even go out of their way to make it possible for everyone to enjoy them. Blind? Here, have some audio description tools. Deaf? Subtitles? Cheap? Wait a few weeks and the chosen movie is out on Blu-ray. Or DVD, download, streaming services. Heck, if you're really lazy, eventually it's on TV. Sometimes for free. Games are never as easily accessible. At best, they may not be able to play very well and won't have the time for it. At worst, they've never played with games before and have to be educated on how to play. You're not good at a game, you don't get to see the end, or play that song, or even sometimes find yourself getting insulted by the very game you're playing. Don't deny it, I know there's games out there that have actually taken a moment to tell you that you personally suck when you lose, demoralising you for even attempting to try. Maybe online is the way to go. Want to try a fighting game? Good luck. 
If you're not great from the off, then there's a good chance you'll be called names, have abusive messages, or be told that you're doing it wrong again. Especially if you're a woman. Hell, I personally have joined Rooms for Games online only to be kicked simply because of where I'm from. Oh, we don't play with the British guy, says the somehow snooty American with a not very American sounding voice. From a person on the outside, games are incredibly difficult to get into, especially with other people. In exchange for ease of access, they give you the solitary experiences worth remembering and some of the best entertainment you can find. It's just a shame that those experiences and that entertainment is so hard to get to and is so individualised. Uh, my name is Dan Ma, and I currently work for an independent company called Explosive Allen Productions. The name comes from uh, a random gamer tag, as suggested by the console. Um, one of the guys who co-founded the company uh, was just trying to create a tag to capture video from, and Explosive Allen was one of the suggestions, which basically tickled everyone. No end. Um, <laughs> it's really stuck. So when we were trying to come up with a company name, we were trying to come up with something very serious. And then we just went back to Explosive Allen and thought, well, there's a name that no one's going to forget easily. Get gaming for me. I would, I would much rather sit in front of a game than I would watch them on TV 90% of the time, I think. Mm. Um, and I would much rather play games with people as well. Um, yeah, it has its place... Uh, among those things, and it, and it has for a long time now. It's, I, I don't think, I don't think it's even anything that should be even questioned. I think it, it should just be uttered in the same breath as as other entertainment medium, and you know, no more should be said on the matter. No, no one questions the validity of, uh, of of film, music, TV, and I don't think anyone should question the validity of gaming to to sit alongside those as equals. Ooh, culturally. Um, I don't know if we're at a stage there yet. I don't think there are that many games that are, you know, th that really capture the zeitgeist. You know, does does this game really talk to the political situation uh, of a, of a country right now? Does it talk to um, you know the the, uh, the disillusionment of? The youth of the of, of the nineties, you know, there, there are so many albums you can listen to and films you can watch that that really capture the flavour of a of a time and a moment. And I don't think gaming does that. It, it only captures its own moment. It only captures um, where gaming is at that at that period. In that way, it can be quite insular. I think you do get the odd thing you know there was there was the controversy about the uh the kind of final fantasy style columbine high school massacre game that someone developed i saw mm. i saw somebody playing a, a jfk game the other day but you know they're not really capturing the moment they're just kind of they will say commenting i will say to a degree exploiting mm. you know certain extreme extreme uh incidents but um yeah, I don't, I don't think you'll be seeing games about the about the situation on on the Gaza Strip or you know things like that. Um, I, I was I was privy to a game during my days at Sony called Six Days in Fallujah, 
um, which was developed by uh, it was I can't remember the name of the team, but it was an independent team who were developing it with the cooperation of, of Marines who'd served um, in, the, in, the, in the war, and it the reaction to it was 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 vicious. I mean, this was an internal meeting, uh, you know, just a private presentation, and literally. The, the reaction to it was so violent that within about half an hour of the presentation, like the head of the company came and said, uh, yeah, we've decided not to publish this game. And that was purely based on that reaction at that meeting. And in, in a way, it's a shame because that it's, it's a controversial game to make. And I think a game where you're actually playing the soldier shooting as they would have it insurgents um, is, is a kind of one sided way. But I, I think... As if it had been released, I think Konami also rejected it after they originally said they were going to publish it further down the line. Um, I think it would have stood as a really good uh, symbol of like what was going on at that point. You know, oh, this is this is this this was the war that's happening. This was a game that was released to to kind of coincide with that. In the same way, you know, people people don't complain that Paul Greengrass released United '93 as a depiction of what happened on. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know the plane during 9/11, but if you were to play a game of that, I think the reaction would have been much more violent because you know how exploitative is that you're actually playing this uh, as a passenger who's doomed to death, but being able to watch it passively, and not be involved in it, is is kind of considered acceptable. Um, by the same token, I think with Six Days in Fallujah, even even I was a bit like, oof, this is a bit near the knuckle for me. I think historically, looking back on it, people would have gone. What an amazing example of, of, of propaganda, almost. You know, we, we look at the Your Country Needs You posters and things like that. It's really symbolic at that time and the real kind of call to action that they, that they represented. And then you could have actually looked at something like Six Days in Fallujah as, as, a, as almost the video game equivalent of that, like join the army, you know, that, that kind of mentality. Mm. It was, it was um, yeah... You know, in a way, I think if one publisher was brave enough to have published it, I think it could have actually represented something quite significant. The big question. Do games have to be fun? I am Lark Anderson. I'm an associate product manager at GameSpot.com. Um, I think... At their core, games absolutely have to be fun because if they weren't something you enjoyed, then why would you spend your time with it? But that doesn't necessarily mean that the things that you do in the games have to be fun. Ah, right. Uh, Well, my name's Peter Willington. (laughs) You knew I hated this question. (laughs) Uh, no, I absolutely detest peop- when people use the word fun instead of what they actually mean, which is entertaining. Um, the best possible example that I can give you is um, if you play the game Manhunt, you can be entertained. But if you think that strangling some with, someone with a carrier bag is fun, there's something seriously wrong with you. But you can absolutely be entertained by it. Well, I am Matthew Razo, and I'm the host of True Geek Radio. Yes, um, I think they do. I don't think I think a game where you are just walking around and doing nothing and pontificating about life 
It's not a video game. Um, that's that's an art project that you can see at some museum if you want to go. I, I think games do have to be fun. I was on a podcast once, and I got told off for saying that um, at the end of the day, all we want to play games for is to have fun. And um, and to this, for, for some reason, I got bullied into a position then where I thought that obviously my opinion must be wrong because I didn't have the consensus of the room. But um, the more I think about it, the more I think that, you know, that is the majority of the games, if I look around at them, um, the majority of the games I play, I do play for that sense of fun, that sense of entertainment, and um, do games have to be fun? Uh, ideally, <laughs> if they want my attention, they do anyway. Um, no, if you want, if you want gaming to be considered an art form, then I think you have to allow for interpretations of what a game actually is um, and yes you you would anticipate that anyone developing a game that their primary objective would be to make it fun um, because you want to play it but by the same token I wouldn't necessarily say that the, the kind of myriad obscure simulators that have come out on the PC you know, combine harvester simulator and things <laughs> like that I don't, I don't think they were built primarily with fun in mind I think they were built for people to experience what it's like to drive a combine harvester um, now what's the concept of fun uh, that's anybody's really guess I mean that one game that just came out Dear Esther on Steam used to be a mod now it's a full-fledged game I don't think that's a game all you do is walk around and try to figure out like get the next story beat as you explore this island. Um, do some people find that fun? Yes, they do. Um, will I find that fun? No. So the concept of fun is dependent, but I do think games have to have some degree of enjoyment in order to be well enjoyed. <laughs> um, I don't think that that they can just sit there and, and have some sort of message. I, I, I'm not saying those games shouldn't exist. They definitely should to, as like little as concepts to push the medium forward. But I believe that they have to have some sort of, and it doesn't matter what fun is. Like I said, fun's subjective to whoever is playing. Um, it just has to have some sort of enjoyment for you as a person. Um, if I look, my my favorite game of last year was Rayman Origins, the funnest game I've probably ever played in my life, um, and that was a game built from the ground up with uh, Marcel's thing in his mind was. Well, is the player having fun at this point? Because if he's not, then we're changing it. And you just get that through that the whole point. Uh, the game itself should be fun, but where the game takes you isn't always going to be fun. Mm. And, and that's fine. That's that's good actually, because um, you know, game, you know, subject matter, you know, in, in a game doesn't always have to be. All rainbows and unicorns, and it shouldn't be honestly. If it wants, if if it, if it is going to be impactful on your life, you know. Whether you, whether you like it or not, whatever it, whatever it is, someone somewhere is going to find it. Have to find a degree of fun in what you do. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of Sims in general. Fly Sim, just just that wouldn't interest me in the slightest. But someone loves Fly Sim, so they're going to go and play that and go. I'm having a, I'm having a great time. I'm I'm trying. I'm flying my Boeing 747, and it's it's brilliant. Um, 
I'd, I, I've seen experiments to make games as as kind of devoid of fun as possible. Um, there was a Penn and Teller game as well, where they Penn and Teller's game was basically the Western equivalent of that. Where there was, there, I remember there was like a road trip where you had to drive hundreds of miles, or even thousands of miles in this bus in real time. Um, and when you got to the end, I think it just made you drive back. So it's, it's penetrate all over again. But but that's it. They exist as experiments, and people look at them and go, well, okay, see what you were doing there, but I'm never going to play this. Um, and, the, and, and therefore, you've you've unearthed the inherent flaw in, in their games. Like you've, you've made your statement, but uh, it's a pretty pointless one because you've done it in a medium where 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 fun is where fun is paramount. Do games have to be fun? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, because I think that even though a game might be a little bit more serious, uh, that it still would be a fun game, I would think. Um, So I would say yes, if, you know, again, you said it was abstract, so that's kind of what I take from it. But even a, a more serious game can be fun. It doesn't necessarily have to be a comical game. Although I do enjoy a good game that has humor in it, but um, again, like Limbo, it's it was a serious a serious game, but it was fun to play. The puzzles were great, so yes, I would say it does need to be fun. Fun is enjoyment and smiling and uh, you know happy emotions, positive emotions. Entertainment is keeping you engaged. So games absolutely don't have to be fun. And whenever, right, okay, I saw, I won't name the website. I saw a website recently that at the bottom of it said, um, said like graphics, sound, fun factor. Fun factor. Like, like, what would you give L.A. Noir? Like a zero because you're a detective in a job? Like, that's not, fun inherently is it like like um, um, like what about something like uh, I don't know Africa on PlayStation 3 like your your job is to go out there and be a photographer and you might get gored by a rhinoceros like that's not fun that's a day job like fun is eating 40 Belgian buns <laughs> that's, that's fun and like so games have to be entertaining because otherwise they're boring. Like they they if they if they don't grab you, then then yeah, like then yeah, the game's failed absolutely. But a, a fun game is Ratchet and Clank or a Jack and Daxter or a, a Mario Kart. Like an entertaining game. Like and they are also entertaining. But an entertaining game it doesn't necessarily have to be fun. Uh, and in fact, most of my favourite games I wouldn't describe as fun. Um, yes, I get very angry about that. I'm 30. I have a daughter, lovely girlfriend, and have lived a memorable life. I'm also poor, cheap, failed in most avenues of success, and likely to be forgotten a few days after I die. Sorry to be bleak, but it's likely true. I grew up in a small town of England where there were no arcades, no big shops and no industry. 
never had the friends to connect with because being the odd little man I was I never found people willing to connect with me for long for me games were something I did alone and they were all I did to an extent they were the reason for both the best and worst aspects of my life now I'm still quite secluded as a person due to the amount of time I took spending games and because of my crippling shyness my educations are terrible because bullies of school which another person play my game yes also in times when I should have known better I've spent money on games and gaming when I didn't have the money spare the flip side to that is the greater interest in art other forms of entertainment a more vivid imagination a desire for writing and talking about video games one that created this show you're hopefully listening to the hobby that brought me into contact with people from all walks of life that I would otherwise have never known and memories tied to moments in the seemingly simple form of entertainment that I will always have with me moments crafted by people across the artistic trades that I have had a direct hand in creating for myself it was me who climbed that mountain on that faraway continent it was me who took on the gang of thugs and saved my girlfriend it was me who brought colour back to a fully realised cityscape while fleeing from the corrupt authorities. Games are my life, in a way that's important and deeply defining. They are why I am the person I am, good and bad. For that I am thankful. To games, the cause of, and solution to, all of life's problems. P.S. If you have to be Matt Groening or work on Simpsons, please don't sue me for... I am Lark Anderson. I'm an associate product manager at GameSpot.com, and I work uh, on a number of things, but primarily on um, GameSpot.com itself. I, I don't think there's any way you could say that it's not. I mean, um, you look at a game like, like um, you know, Skyrim or a game like Fallout 3, which you know I put 140 hours. I'm into playing Fallout 3. I haven't honestly played as much Skyrim um, as I probably should, but um, it, it's it's you know I don't know how you can how there can be uh, something that people spend that much time in, and, and and you know I'm sure a lot of people have played less than I have, but a lot of people play more, in, you know, in, in any specific game, mm-hmm. and um, I, I don't know how people could to play something like that and not believe that it's a viable form of entertainment because it's what else what else would you be I mean why else would you be spending your time there you know what I mean like, like games like, like World of Warcraft you know people put hundreds of you know thousands of hours possibly in over the course of its lifetime and and uh, you know people are entertained by it people are having fun so how could it not be a form of entertainment I am Jake Del Toro, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Last Save Loaded podcast. Most important game. Right, I think this will be Metal Gear Solid 1 on the PlayStation 1. And the reason being is that before that point, games were sort of a... For me, there was sort of something I would dip in and out of, and 
there, there was the odd game before it that I'd play a lot. I mentioned Dizzy before the, that as being the first one, but it was. I just saw them as sort of almost like board games in a way. You pick them up, play them, and there's nothing much else there going on. There's no real story being told to you. Or perhaps I was just too young to appreciate it at the time that stories were being told, and I missed it. But my experience was that up until then, stories within games weren't that important. And playing Metal Gear Solid 1, that is the sort of turning point where I thought, it made me realise that games could do something different and and sort of be entertaining in a similar way that books and films are, where, where you can go to experience a great story. And I'd never had that before, Metal Gear Solid. And that's, I think it was at that moment that I realised that I'd probably start to play a lot more. And that's probably when I did start to play a lot more, actually. And it was because it seemed to do something... I mean, the game in itself was fairly different to anything I'd played before in the fact that it was a stealth game. And I'd, I think it was the first stealth game I ever played. And along with that, the sort of the story and the atmosphere that came out of the game, it just sort of it made me stop and think about it and, and realise that it was, there was something more going on with the game that I perhaps hadn't seen before. Most important person or team working in the industry today? That's a tough one. Um, oh, My head is screaming out for me to say David Cage because he does something, he tries to do things different, but ultimately, though the different things that he does are just that, they're just something it's different to the rest they've not sort of taken on and, and progressed the game or anything so I can't justify saying David Cage um, right I think I'm going to say Gabe Newell because his um, Valve the things that Valve do seems to be I think the games that Valve make are absolutely incredible, and they the sort of there are certain things within those games that are taken on by the wider gaming development people, and also with uh, with Valve, you've got Steam as well, which has brought it's sort of taken PC gaming on a little bit as well and you never hear a bad word about Valve Next time on that Robin Smith Games thing, episode 3, Time. How gaming has changed and continues to change and what to expect in the future.
all guests featured on this show have expressed their own opinions and not the views of their respective employers. world top of the world i'm gonna have to cut that